welcome back to the Sage Post 47 podcast. This is your host, Sierra Ty Brownlee, Pomona College Class of 2024. Today, I'm joined by Cindy Hudgens, Pomona College Class of 1995 and current managing partner at Elevate Executive Search. Cindy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Of course. To get started, could you just tell us a little bit about your Pomona experience and some of the things that you were involved with? Yes. Um, I think it's important to note that I went to Pomona for two and a half years. I spent the first year and a half at Georgetown um, Mm -hmm. and I thought I wanted to go to a bigger school and I was very unhappy there and I transferred to Pomona without knowing anyone there um, in the middle of my sophomore year. So my experience is probably a little bit different than somebody that started as a freshman, Yeah, but I can compare it. I can say that, you know, I moved in without knowing anyone. And that first evening that I was there, um, immediately met a bunch of people. Those people are still my my friends to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, one of the things that stands out about my experience there is just meeting some of the people that I did. As far as my experience of what I was involved with back then, we didn't, we weren't quite as heavily involved in the internships and all the things that you guys do today. But what mm-hmm. I, I did do, um, I did do a couple internships, like a teaching internship. I think like a lot of people in college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Yeah. So um I tried a couple of things. I thought maybe I wanted to be a teacher. I realized pretty quickly that that was not what I wanted to be, okay. which I think is important to, yeah. to find out what you don't want, just as important as finding out what you do want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of other things that I was involved with there. Um, other than that, I mean, I did run cross country. I, okay. At Georgetown, I wasn't good enough to be on the team. Um, mm-hmm. No offense to Pomona, but I was able <laughs> to join a, sport, a sports team. I mean, yeah. I wasn't the worst on the team, but I was probably, you know, I was in the bottom half, let's just put it that way, but I was okay. really loved the team experience. Yeah. So I was pretty involved in cross country. Um, other than that, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember, I just remember the friends I met and being really surrounded by a lot of really smart people. I, mm-hmm. Some of my classes had, two people in them. So you better show up and you better do your homework. (laughs) When I transferred, I was a a Spanish major and a uh, Latin minor at Georgetown. And when I transferred, every credit I had at Georgetown equaled 0.75 at Pomona. And so when I really looked at what I should uh, major in, if I didn't major in classics, which is Latin and ancient history, I would have no choice of what I took as far as courses go and I would be there for the summer. So my major ended up being Latin and ancient history. So there weren't a lot of people in all of my classes. So I think that classroom experience and really, and not blowing off any of the, taking everything very seriously was a big switch from Georgetown. You could just disappear in the crowd and, and maybe not do as much work as you probably should be Mm -hmm. doing. So so I did do a lot of partying. I was able to balance Mm -hmm. having fun and, and studying. Um, but other than I'm just, I'm trying to think of other things that I was involved. In. It was really mostly just sports and a couple and a few internships. Okay. And you mentioned that during your time there, you were considering teaching as a possible career, and then you soon realized that was not the path you wanted to take. And so I wanted to ask: Were you or did you have some ideas in mind nearing senior year or nearing graduation? I had no ideas in mind. I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. And in fact, I, my parents said, why don't you go see, there's like a woman that was called a career coach where she would do a lot of personality testing. And I thought, okay, that's good. And so I went there a few times. I took a bunch of different types of personality tests and I went to meet with her to discuss all of it. And she said, well, um, you are, you would be awesome as an entrepreneur. And I said, well, that's great, but I don't have any experience. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Um, 
but she was able to tell me about my personality. And she said, absolutely. Teaching is not for you. You don't like to sit still. You need to be doing a hundred things at once. So it was helpful to see her to figure out just sometimes people don't know themselves as well as they feel like they do. So I was able to kind of figure out what I would be really bored at. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I actually fell into my first job. My mother was um, diagnosed with a brain tumor when I was in college and my, she asked me, she was, she was sick at the time. And she said, will you please come home to Florida? And so I did. And then she asked me to take a job at my father's company, which I really didn't want to do, but I did it. And it helped. That was the beginning of the path that I took to where I'm at today. Okay. Um, So it was like an HR position that Mm -hmm. involved recruiting. And over time I ended up doing more recruiting. So (laughs) I accidentally fell into this. I don't think most people go to school to be a recruiter. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's how I ended up where I was at. And I, I think nowadays people have maybe a better idea of what they want to do because they've done more real work. I just, I didn't have as much, my, my jobs yeah. in between um, my college years were waiting tables. I didn't, I didn't have any internships or anything like that. I did mm-hmm. study in Spain um, for one semester, but it was really taking classes and then going out in the community and enjoying mm-hmm. the, the culture. So anyway, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, definitely. And so you said that kind of started you on the path of recruiting. Can you talk a little bit about where you went from there and then to where you are today? Yes. Yeah, so I started out as an HR generalist, which is doing a little bit of everything in HR. I wasn't really good at anything but recruiting. I'll be honest with you now that I look back. <laughs> but I, so I eventually just focused on recruiting. I did yeah. what they call contract recruiting Um so I would go company to company and, and stay there for sometimes almost a year, sometimes just a few months. Mm-hmm. And I would act as a recruiter for them, even though I wasn't on their payroll. And yeah. I really like that because I'm a fast mover and I like to learn a lot and operate really quickly. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to jump in baptism by fire at these different places. Um, and I, a lot of them asked me to stay and I kind of wasn't ready to settle down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did, I did, there's one place I really liked. They asked me to stay. I headed up recruiting for them. Um, and then life kind of took over. I had my first kid. Mm-hmm. And once again, when you talk about really knowing yourself, I thought I wanted to be a stay-at-home mother. That was, and I did for, I think I lasted about four months. Okay. Um, <laughs> until he had to be on a nap schedule, which meant I couldn't get up and do everything I wanted to do it whenever I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my life slowed down a little bit. We accidentally sort of, my husband and I started a high-end baby furniture franchise in Chicago. Um, (laughs) that was, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. So like, that was exciting that we would get to run our own thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I always, you know, one of the skills I learned there is if I can call a whole list of women that are nine months pregnant and tell them their furniture is going to be late, I can do just about anything in life. That that was, (laughs) those were not fun days when the truck showed up. Um, and then, you know, letting people down and, uh, delivering bad news is a skill that I learned during that job, but mm-hmm. we started before the economy tanked. And so we shut, we probably should have shut down before we did. I and mean, we kind of, we started out going up and really quickly came down and never quite got back up again. Okay. So we shut down in 2011. And so I decided to go back into recruiting Yeah, and I was networking and I, a friend of a friend introduced me to someone who owned a, a recruitment agency, which is mm-hmm. still recruiting. It's just slightly different. You work with lots of different clients. Okay. Um, and so I did that. And then the rest is kind of history. I mean, I, when I first started doing that, once again, this is a theme. Um, the guy that I interviewed with said that he had two sides to his business. One side was uh, you run your own desk, meaning you have a niche and you go out and find your client and then you fill the role. And the other side was 
he would do outsourced recruiting for companies. So he would basically act as the staffing department for an Amazon and all the people that are his employees would be at Amazon okay. but, and basically act like they're running their department. And he said, you'd be great for that second one. And I said, yeah, that's perfect. Cause I don't do sales, which I look back and it's kind of ironic because not only, I mean, my job is sales on steroids right now because I recruit salespeople. I have to go find the client, <laughs> fill the role. I mean, I'm doing everything I do is sales related. And so, um, I think I had a different idea of what sales really was at the time. Mm -hmm. So I came on board in this weird role um, because at first he said, I don't have anything for you. I'll call you when I do. And a couple of weeks later, he called and said, uh, I can, I have a lot of stuff to work on that you could just recruit on for now until I, I, I land that next, you know, outsourcing gig where I can send you out yeah. and I can create something for you temporarily. I said, great. We had just shut our store down. I just had my third boy. I had no job. My husband had no job. So I said, sign me up. So I showed <laughs> yeah. up and I did really well. Um, and eventually started running my own desk, the other side of his business where I picked a mm -hmm. niche and went out and found the client and filled the role. And I really liked it. Um, I ended up picking healthcare as my specialty, software sales and healthcare. Didn't really know anything about it, was teaching myself. And so I was recruited by another guy that had a firm that had been in the healthcare space for a while. Mm -hmm. So did that for a little bit. And then once again, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, not after I'd had a while to, to see how it's done and all had different ways to run a firm, I had my own ideas of what I wanted to do. So I started mm -hmm. my own firm about five or so years ago. Okay. And knock on wood, we've had our best year yet, <laughs> but there's definitely been some ups and downs okay. along the way. So that's a right. very long answer to your question. <laughs> no, thank you for sharing. What a journey. Um, so going back to what you said initially about getting to know yourself, what advice would you give to students on kind of how to go about doing that? So maybe earlier on you can find out what interests you. I think an easy way is to do some of those internships. I think there's more available out there and um, for people to do. So I think doing an internship or trying something out um, is a great way to figure that out. But mm -hmm. I also think just maybe a little bit more self-reflection. I mean, just because your parents are doctors doesn't mean that you need to be a doctor. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So um, think about what makes you tick and what you get excited about. And I don't know that I did enough self-reflection to realize that I cannot sit still. I have to be doing 20 things at once. Um, I need to be operating at like 150 miles an hour at all times. And if I'm somewhere where people operate a lot slower than me, I get really frustrated. So I, if I had taken a moment to do kind of like that self inventory back then. I think I probably would have realized that, but I kind of had to find it out the hard way along the way by having some jobs that I hated to be <laughs> frank. Um, but yeah, I also think that talking to other people in other um, like in different careers, getting, you know, just network. I, yeah. I think that now with LinkedIn and all the different ways we can reach out. If, if I was in college now, I would be reaching out to people in jobs that I think I might have that maybe are Pomona alumni and pick mm -hmm. their brain and say, what do you do every day? Because half the time, to be honest, I don't even know what my husband does every day. I don't even really understand what his job is. Most of us are, have friends and we're like, yeah, he's a banker, but do we really know what they do every day? Not really. So if yeah. we're able to tap into somebody's brain, you can be like, listen, this is legit. This is exactly what I do every day. I think that would help somebody figure out, oh, I thought a lawyer was in court arguing all the time, like the TV shows. That's not how it is. <laughs> They're behind a desk billing hours working, you know, so I think just getting a realistic picture of what these different jobs are would help somebody yeah. also determine what they want to do. Okay. Thank you. 
speaking of what people do in a day, what might you do in a day? Oh, that's a good question. Um, besides running to sporting events and principal's office here and there for my children, mm. um, I I would say a typical day is talking to clients. These are companies that need to recruit and figuring mm. out what it is they need. Sometimes telling them that their expectations are unrealistic and having to level set them. So yeah. kind of pushing back, but then um, doing research and figuring out, okay, this is what these people say they do. And here's where we need to go to find good people for that company. So that takes a lot of just research, Googling different things. You might not know, really understand what that company does, but all you need to do is know enough to be dangerous. So some research and then interacting with candidates, being on the phone with them, you know, over time, your BS meter gets better and better. <laughs> so try trying to figure out, and that's the value add that we have for clients. It's number one, we don't post an ad, but we target and go out and hunt these people down. That's the word headhunter. But then, you know, being able to figure out and ask the right questions. So that's another thing is that I'm naturally curious. So if I do like a, if I look internally, I always have questions. And to be successful in this kind of role, um, you need to be somebody that's always asking questions. Um, if something doesn't make sense, you need to ask more and more to uncover what it is because half the time you might uncover that somebody's lying to you or something doesn't make sense. Um, so anyway, it's time, it's deciphering who's going to be, the, who, who's a good candidate. There's a lot of writing, to be honest with this job. You have to summarize okay. your hour or two hour conversation with someone into a biography of their entire career. So you got to be able to kind of piece that together, make it short and sweet. Um, And what else? And right now, I mean, we have a new employee, Sarah, who's sitting right over there in the office. So I think sometimes training, mentoring, um, figuring out we have, we're now five people. So just figuring out who's going to work on what. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not a details person. So when it comes to accounting or any of that stuff, I've I've realized you need to outsource what you don't like to do. So I don't have to deal with much of that. Um, But that's, and then also just staying up to date on what's going on in, in the in the healthcare software market, um, who's getting acquired, who's a good company to call on. So that's kind of the mm-hmm. sales piece of it, but it's more educated sales. I'm not just pounding the phone saying, will you use me to find someone? Okay. I'm saying you, you just got series A funding. And by the way, we know set, you know, 200 people in common, it looks like you need to build your sales team. Could we have a conversation? And the longer you've been doing this, the easier those kinds of calls can get. Yeah. Um, so doing some of that outreach and staying up to date on what's going on in the world is another piece of it. Okay. And then ultimately, everybody says they want to go into recruiting because they want to help people find jobs. I would say that's a result of what I do. I help companies build out their sales and marketing teams. And as a result, people get jobs. So yes, do I love helping people and giving them jobs? Yes. But what I really love is building relationships with the clients, the companies over time. Mm -hmm. And I do build relationships with candidates too. It's not that I'm saying I don't. There's many of them actually that I've placed three, four times over the last 10 years, which is kind of nice. Um, but I, and that's the other thing I've realized about myself. I need to be interacting with people. I can't sit behind a desk all day and not talk to anyone. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's it. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, I think that we will wrap things up here, but as a final question, I always just like to ask if you have any general advice for current students. I do clean up your social media because every single time this is just literally just happened um, that either it's we're doing it or our clients doing it. They Google someone. And what you don't realize is you might apply for a job and never even get a call because somebody Googled your name and saw a picture or something they didn't like. So make sure you 
button up all that, do whatever you want to do in your free time, but just make sure on the outside and on the surface that there's nothing there that's going to cause someone to shy away from reaching out to you. Um, but yeah, that's it. And I think just like I said, look, look at yourself, what you really like to do. And if that's a hobby or if that could be a job, um, but really look at yourself and what characteristics make you tick and then think about jobs that might be able to use those. Okay. Great advice. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you again for having me. It's been fun. Of course. Anytime. All right. Thank you guys for listening and take care. Bye.